you should be dropping heart rate. Like as you're sleeping, it should drop down quite nicely and kind of stay in that low area. How to know that perhaps you're not recovering well with your resting heart rate is that it maintains elevation throughout the evening or for the first couple of hours while you're sleeping and then drops down or just continues to be elevated. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hello and welcome. Today, I want to share a little experience that I've had over the last little while here. I've really struggled with nervous system regulation to the point where oh man, I've had to learn so much about how to care for myself differently. And so I thought, since I had a whole bunch to say, I was driving the other day thinking, I wish there was a way that I could share all of what I've learned and how to help people. And then I was like, Dolly, I just put it on the podcast. And so here I am sharing about my nervous system. And you might be thinking like, why do I care about nervous system regulation? This is the least of my worries. I was dealing with a lot of symptoms and maybe you can relate to this. It started with just feeling a little bit tired, like a little bit under the weather and like not quite right. And so I took a day off from working out, but then it just continued and I was having a hard time falling asleep. I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking I had, you know, that feeling when you wake up and you feel like you've forgotten something or you've missed a flight and I was having this panic in the middle of the night. And then the panic started extending to like throughout the day, I would have a hard time like settling. So I would be like sitting and then I'd think like, I need to get something done or it needs to happen right away. And I would start to get anxiety over it. When a friend or gosh, even my chiropractor asked how I was, I just started crying. Like these were real issues. I was waking up in the morning feeling like I gotten hit by a truck, like my whole body hurt all over. I was not rested. My body hurt. It wasn't even that I had a headache, but it was like my head just hurt. My neck hurt. My joints hurt. Oh, I was so overwhelmed when I had certain tasks to do. I would like kind of hyperventilate thinking about all the things I had to get done. So if you feel these things at any level, I think today's episode is good for you. (laughs) It might even be great to prepare your mind if something like this happens in the future. So I want to kind of like set the stage for you a little bit so that you understand kind of the background behind this and the timeline. So when we speak about these things, you could perhaps hear your own life 
in all of them. So my husband and I had to take a trip to Canada to renew our visas. And so we left on April, the end of April, and we went to Toronto where the weather was freezing. It was absolutely freezing. It was a huge like temperature adjustment, people adjustment. The people that were in the inner city were not overly friendly. I really struggled with this. We found a good church on Sunday and that just felt so good to be surrounded with people who love the Lord. And so that was really, really nice. But overall, that that part of the trip was such a challenge because people just were not friendly. And I wasn't going to chiropractic. I was keeping up with my workouts and really enjoying the gym there. Although I could have done without all those swear words on the songs in the gym, which was just really weird because we just don't have that at the gyms down here. And so, yeah, we, I bundled up, I went to the gym, I kept myself warm. I was having really good sleep. So I continued to work out and I traveled with my aura ring, which if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably heard me talk about how I don't love, love my aura ring. I just think the customer service isn't the best. I wouldn't purchase the ring again. I'd probably go with another solution, but I'd spent a ton of money on the ring. So I'm going to use what I got. And so I was traveling with the ring, which I was really actually thankful I had the ring to at least start to show me that there was some stuff going on. So the week we were in Toronto, everything was pretty good. I flew out to Alberta the following week. So we were in Toronto for a week. I flew out to Alberta the following week. The flight was good. Everything was great. I started dealing with some altitude sickness issues because we do, we're mostly at sea level at this point um, and have been for quite some time. So I know when I visit home, it it hits me kind of hard. So I was prepared for this. I, you know, adjusted my training schedule accordingly. I took more rest time. So I flew in to Calgary on Thursday and I started dealing with a major headache. Like it just wouldn't go away that day. I was drinking a lot of water, so much water. I must've had maybe five or six packets of element that day, just really staying hydrated. And that Friday I woke up, was feeling pretty good. I went to the gym felt pretty good. All was well. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everything was good. Thursday, I took a rest day. And there was another rest day in there somewhere also, because I like to take two rest days a, a week. Absolutely essential. Thursday was good. But I noticed on Thursday, the reason I took a rest day is because I was having a really hard time breathing. Like it was, it was hard to get a full breath in and feel satisfied with that breath. And that's common when you're at a higher altitude, just feeling like I'm not getting enough oxygen. It can also be a major contributor when we're not breathing enough. And this can start a nervous system dysregulation situation. And so the Friday I woke up and I was sore. I was tired and I decided, okay, I know I took a rest the fo- yesterday, but I'm going to take another one today. And I had been sleeping on a couch. Okay. So that's kind of an issue. I've been sleeping on a couch. And that evening I kind of like woke up a whole bunch of times. I had a hard time settling. And so that was really when I noticed, okay, something's going on here. I'm going to take another rest day. So we're going on the third rest day, the Saturday. I flew home that day So, you know, flying can either be like super easy or like absolutely terrible. This was one of the absolutely terrible ones. It was just like 
I almost missed my flight because customs was holding everybody and blah, blah, blah. So it was just hard. I ran through the airport like a maniac trying to get to my flight. And then it turns out that it was delayed. Don't you hate that? Like, can you not tell me before? Anyway, so that was a really rough day. And then the following day, I decided, okay, like, I'm going to take another rest day. By the Monday, I had taken like a good four days of rest. And I was feeling a little bit better. Now, this is where the aura ring comes in. So there are a couple of ways that you can monitor just how you recover from exercise, how you recover from your day. The first is your resting heart rate. You'll notice that when you're not well rested and when you're just more stressed, your resting heart rate is going to be higher. Now, generally I tend toward a resting heart rate around like 48 and the aura ring will monitor this at night. That's usually the best way to go. And so, yeah, that's usually how I how I roll around 48, 49. It's pretty consistent. You should be dropping heart rate. Like as you're sleeping, it should drop down quite nicely and kind of stay in that low area. How to know that perhaps you're not recovering well with your resting heart rate is that it maintains elevation throughout the evening or for the first couple of hours while you're sleeping and then drops down or just continues to be elevated. So when I started taking this rest time on the Thursday, then the Friday, then the Saturday, then the Sunday, my resting heart rate was elevated. Like we're talking like 56, 58. I mean, these these numbers are crazy from my 47, 48-ish area. So that was kind of the first piece. And then my HRV. So I'm going to talk about what HRV is in a moment. My HRV plummeted from usually sitting around like 60 or 70 down to like 18, 19, 20. Okay. So your HRV is your heart rate variability. It's the difference in timing between heartbeats. Okay. It can also be called your RR intervals. So for example, let's say that your heart beats at a rate of 60 times per minute. Although there are 60 seconds in a minute, your heart doesn't necessarily beat once per second. And so there's going to be a slight like variation to that timing, which is expressed in milliseconds. And so you want an increased variability. You don't want your variability to be low. Okay. So this heart rate variability gives us an indication of your autonomic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system regulates certain body processes, okay? So blood pressure, the rate of your breathing, and this system works automatically. So there's nothing that you're doing. There's no conscious effort to the autonomic nervous system running. So the autonomic nervous system receives information about the body and its external environment, and then responds by stimulating certain body processes, usually through sympathetic division or inhibiting them, and usually through the parasympathetic division. So there's an autonomic nerve pathway, which involves two different nerve cells. One cell is located in the brainstem or the spinal cord, and it's really connected by nerve fibers to other cells, which are located in the cluster of nerve cells. So basically what you need to know is there are two different systems doing two different things and triggered by either resting or freaking out, okay? 
So the function of the autonomic nervous system is broken up into a couple of places, but the autonomic nervous system controls the processes, like I said, blood pressure, breathing rates, body temperature, digestion, metabolism, the balance of water and electrolytes. So that's why when I got off the plane and I started getting a headache and I knew that I wasn't, I probably wasn't getting enough oxygen. I really, really wanted to bump up my electrolytes during that time. The autonomic nervous system is responsible for body fluids like saliva, sweat, tears, urination, any sort of defecation like poops, a sexual response. So Many, many organs are controlled primarily by either the sympathetic or the parasympathetic division. So that's that division that I was talking about. Super important to understand that there are these two divisions, okay? Sometimes these two divisions have opposite effects on the same organ. So like the sympathetic division increases blood pressure. The parasympathetic division decreases blood pressure, really fascinating stuff. So we can see that these two are playing off one another and super important to kind of like be in balance. So for example, the sympathetic will constrict blood vessels. The parasympathetic will constrict airways. The sympathetic accelerates the heartbeat, whereas the parasympathetic slows down the heartbeat. Okay. So when you think of even eyesight, so sympathetic will dilate the pupil. The parasympathetic will constrict the pupil. So you can see that these two are just balancing each other out really nicely. So generally the sympathetic prepares the body for a stressful or emergency situations like fight or flight. And the parasympathetic controls body processes during like ordinary situations. So just by hearing that, you're thinking, okay, I want to be in parasympathetic. And based on what Leanne is saying, with the experiences that she was having and the lowered heart rate variability, the increase in her resting heart rate, you would think that maybe she was in the sympathetic division, right? The fight or flight. And so when I went to my chiropractor and he asked me how I was doing and I just started bawling and he said, okay, we're going to have to work on your nervous system. It's likely that he was thinking you're in sympathetic overdrive, absolute fight or flight, and you're going to need to calm down, right? So when your HRV is low compared to your baseline and you're not actively engaged in that sympathetic activity, like your HRV will drop a little bit when you've worked out, right? Because you're in that fight or flight situation, you're in a stressful environment, and that's totally fine. But when it's dropping and you're not doing that thing, such as like a strenuous workout or like jumping out of an airplane or being chased by a tiger, it's a sign that your body is working super hard for another reason. And this can include fatigue, illness, stress, just pushing too hard. And this will then cause your nervous system to crash. And it's probably the worst time to continue to work out, right? So again, said, just reiterated, I really want you to understand this because so many people have messaged me about HRV saying like, I don't know, my HRV is 20. I don't really understand. Like I'm still training. I don't really get why it needs to be elevated. This is a really clear sign 
that there's something else going on in your body. Now, HRV will drop as we age. This is quite a natural thing. So you can expect to, over the course of your life, obviously have a different HRV. So for example, when you're 25, the average is around 75, 70 in your HRV. But when you're 45, the average is around like 45, 50 for your HRV. When you're 65, your average is around like 35 to 40. So it does decrease with age. And so where I'm at, I should be able to kind of like crush the mid 60s and be totally fine. And so if overnight your HRV goes from 65 down to 20, there's an issue, right? And so a little trick that I like to use also with HRV and resting heart rate is when the resting heart rate starts to increase and pull apart from the HRV, which is decreasing, this is a really good sign you're in sympathetic overdrive or fight or flight, right? And the opposite is true. If the HRV is high and the resting heart rate is low, it's a good sign that you're in that parasympathetic division. So does that make sense? I hope so. My friend, for a very limited time only, our friends over at House of Macadamia Nuts are giving you Nambian sea salted macadamia nuts in your first purchase plus 20% off. So you get like a free product plus 20% off when you go to houseofmacadamias.com slash TKP. And you're going to use the code TKP20 to get your 20% off plus your free macadamias. So that's where I was. It, it started pretty quickly over the course of a couple of days with those symptoms that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And when I got home, I gave myself a little bit of rest time. Things started to look like they were recovering. So like naturally I was like, okay, well I rested, everything's good. So like, I'm going to go back to the gym. So I went back to the gym on the Monday or Tuesday. And then the next morning, the symptoms were back, but like way worse, like double time worse. Like I could barely get out of bed. And so I went to the chiropractor and got adjusted and it didn't really make a difference. Then I went to a different chiropractor. He made all the difference. So I took some rest time. It was maybe about three or four days. Things started to recover. I worked out, then it happened again. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to take a full week off. I'm not going to do anything, which turned into a full two weeks off. And so I want to talk a little bit about how I got back on track because if you're having these nervous system freakout moments, you need to stay on top of it and understanding like if you felt fine and then all of a sudden you didn't feel fine, there's this tendency for us, or at least for me, where I'll just like push through the feeling. I'll just power through it. That's a really bad idea. And so I can see a tool like an aura ring or a whoop band even being helpful during these moments maybe not the day-to-day because it's kind of mundane and you're like, okay, there's really not much happening. I'm in the groove. It looks fine. But I was really happy that I had the ring to tell me, okay, there's actually something going on. I did like definitely slide into that sympathetic division and I need to get myself out of that rut and working out and continuing to push and keeping like an epic schedule is not going to help me get there. Okay. So here are a couple things that I did to get myself on track. 
I mentioned this before, chiropractic is by far the best. I go to an office where there's two different practitioners and there's one practitioner that my body just prefers. I don't even know how to describe it. What When he adjusts me, it's just I can feel a difference. Whereas when the other practitioner adjusts me, I don't really feel any difference. So a chiropractor is not a chiropractor if the chiropractor is not working for you. And I think we know intuitively when we go to a good chiropractor that our body resonates with as opposed to like one that doesn't. And it doesn't mean that they're good or bad or indifferent. It's it's just, it doesn't work for you and that's fine. So that was the first piece. Absolutely, absolutely essential. It was a big realization when I went to the first chiropractor and like nothing really changed. And then I went to the next chiropractor. He asked me how I was. I started crying. He adjusted me. And that's when things started turning around. I also plugged in my somavetic. This is something that I've had over the, I would say I've almost had it a year. I've had such a hard time introducing the somavetic into my life because every time I plugged that thing in, I felt terrible. But I figured since I already feel absolutely terrible, why not plug it in now and use it? And it actually made me feel better. I, I don't know enough about the somavetic yet to really say what it does. Like it says that it increases your HRV. It can structure water, all this stuff. I I don't know how I feel about it. I just know that it did help me feel better. Like I plugged it in. I had a really good sleep that night. So I need to do more research on it. Speaking of sleep, when all this was happening and once I got back from Calgary and got settled, I went to bed at 8.30 every night. I got really consistent with that earlier bedtime. Usually my bedtime's around 9.15, but I shifted it a little bit so I could sleep my dog constantly wakes me up at 6.30. So like, <laughs> I can't really adjust it on the other side of things. So I just went to bed a little bit earlier. I did not set an alarm. I drank a ton of water. Like I said, the autonomic nervous system is responsible for fluid balance. And so when it's a little bit janked, it's going to cause those issues downstream. And so just making sure that understanding like, when you're in this fight or flight response, it's going to affect your blood pressure. It's going to affect your breathing. It's going to affect your body temperature. It's going to affect your digestion and your metabolism and the balance of water and electrolytes and urination and going to the bathroom and your libido. This is this is the primary reason why women say that they don't have libido because we are in a constant state of fight or flight or that sympathetic division, which then affects our constipation chronically, our metabolism and weight issues. Like this is such a big piece to overall health that we discount. And we think if I get on the right diet, everything will be easier. If I work out, everything will be better. But if your nervous system is sideways, no, no, it won't, <laughs> right? It'll, it'll in many ways get worse. When I was finished with that chiropractic session, Dr. Ian said like, Okay, so two things. One, don't work out because it'll be pointless. You'll just cause more issues. And two, breathe. <laughs> Four counts in, five counts out. Every time you remember, breathe, 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 breathe. Because like I said, when we're in that sympathetic division, all of those things that the autonomic nervous system is going to do naturally are going to be affected. And so Breathing is going to be affected. Your digestion, I did notice, was affected. Metabolism, you can gain weight through this process. You can be more dehydrated than normal. So again, that water and electrolytes, super important there. Sunshine was really big for me. 
As soon as I got back, I bathed in the sun. I bathed in the sun. Super important to get out there and do it. Now I have a walking goal of 10,000 steps per day. And I've been pretty consistent with that since January. Like by pretty consistent, I mean, I have not missed a day. I've really enjoyed getting into it. But throughout this, like even though walking is supposed to be like not stressful and all the things, I dropped my walking goal to 3,000 steps per day and just took it like super easy. I went for massage, more like lymph-based massage, just get that fluid moving. And I find that they're a little bit more relaxing than the deep tissue massages, which can cause like a cortisol spike for me. I listen to a lot of sermons and just like anchoring myself in the word and casting my burdens on the Lord because it's commanded of us to do. I chatted with friends. I cried with friends. I did a lot of prayer and just like, man, a lot of quiet time. So those are some things that you can do if you're having an acute response. This was definitely an acute response, which I'm so thankful for. It took me about two weeks to get out of that acute response. And I think it could have been longer if I just kept pushing. And now I'm kind of in this space where I don't want to go too hard at it right out the gate. So even when I noticed things were better and I really wanted to push it, I was like, no, no, no. So I was working out every other day. And then I went to two day like blocks. And then now I'm back to my usual like three to four day block with a rest day after. So it took that took an additional like three weeks or so to get back to like the volume that I was doing previously only because I didn't want to push it too much and then end up backtracking. So If you are listening to this episode and perhaps you already have an aura ring or a whoop band, or you know that perhaps your nervous system is janked, or maybe your chiropractor has said you're in this sympathetic dominance, it might be beneficial to start monitoring your heart rate variability on an ongoing basis and even your resting heart rate to determine if they're pulling apart in those patterns that I shared previously. If this is a bigger project and you've been monitoring these things and your resting heart rate has been elevated for a long time and your HRV has been low for a long time. And when I shared the age statistics just with like where your heart rate variability should be and you were like way lower than that, then this probably means a complete overhaul. And that takes time. Like, I was researching kind of what people have done in the past, like looking at their HRV. And this is like years of work to regulate this. And why is this important? Again, if your goal is to regulate your metabolism and you have a glucose monitor on and no amount of shifting your diet and when you're eating carbs is helping and you're still at the weight that you are at, then like this episode is for you and this content is for you. A lot of chiropractors actually will monitor your heart rate variability as an initial test to determine the health of your nervous system. So perhaps even your chiropractor knows kind of where HRV is at and how your um, nervous system is progressing or not progressing. So that could be a question that you could ask of them to find that history to determine whether or not this is an issue for you. So more of the things that you're going to need to shift up on if this is more of a chronic issue is diet. I find the more whole food based diet. I mean, what we talk about here on the podcast, there's nothing new here. Like if you are doing quote unquote, really good for a couple of days, and then you tank out and things go sideways, then you need to work on that diet piece. Dehydration is one of the top issues that I see in blood work all of the time. It is a major issue. 
the quality of water that we're drinking, the lack of water that we're drinking, not great. Okay. So the best water you can drink, distilled water. I will say this on the rooftops. There's nothing in it, not even minerals. So you got to add some in, but you're not going to have the radioactive elements. You're not going to have metals, chemicals, none of that. It is just water. Add in the minerals, best way to hydrate, make sure to have electrolytes. There's not one person whose blood work that I've seen has not qualified to take electrolytes. Simple as that. Like they're necessary, especially when you're eating a healthier diet with this balance of nutrients, super important to bring in those electrolytes. Breath work. So like I mentioned, breathing can really slide us back into that parasympathetic state. So yeah, count a four in, count a five out, do it multiple times a day. Whenever you remember, multiple times a day. Alcohol will also affect your HRV and just overall ability to balance your nervous system a lot. I'm actually surprised with how many women use alcohol to sleep. This is probably the worst idea. Work on this over time. You got to get ahead of this because it's not helping the situation. Making sure that your bedtime is the same, whether you're on a weekday or a weekend, it's consistently the same and making the adjustments that you need to, to eliminate those, you know, of course, like, schedule snafus are going to happen and those sorts of things. But the more consistent you can be with this, the better. Mental stress is a big piece of this. And just like what you have in your mind, I feel like this is like by far one of the bigger, bigger pieces, especially for women, because man, we can think about so many things back to back to back so quickly. I'm always just so amazed what happened. If you just like monitor your brain and like all the things you're thinking of and how many things are just like absolutely unnecessary to think of, the what ifs are so big, you got to get ahead of that, like big time. I find the best way to do that is to play in nature, go for a swim in a lake, play in a pond, pretend you're a mermaid in the pool, like whatever, to get connected to water if that's your thing. If you're more a grass person or a tree person, go and hug that tree, go and walk in the, in the grass barefoot. Any way to just like connect to nature, I find my mental stress or that busy, busy, busy brain just kind of like goes away during that time. Fasting can sometimes reset your heart rate variability. I've noticed like mornings, if I just delay my breakfast a little bit, or I find what usually works better for me is just having dinner earlier. That way, when I wake up, I'm eating and that can help just with hormone regulation. But I found that fasting can be helpful. I've done a couple of cold plunges since having the aura ring. And I do notice the following days after doing the plunge, my heart rate variability increases. I would imagine that if you're doing it on more of a consistent basis, that could increase your HRV like ongoing. I also find that for myself personally, when I am going into the cold water, I do sleep better. I believe I already talked about sun, just like lots of sunshine. And then lifting and moving your body is super important to do. But if you're having a nervous system spaz out and your HRV is super low and your resting heart rate is really high, it might not be the best time to work out. And so, you know, having wisdom around that, just like I did and patience, I know that that can be really challenging for us that have like goals and things like that. And it was really hard for me to take a rest thinking, ah, if I take any more rest time, I'm not going to be able to be motivated to get back to the gym or all the hard work that I did is going to be gone. It doesn't work like that. If you put a year into a goal and you have to take two weeks off, it's not like a big deal. And in so many cases, even like what my chiropractor was saying, if you're pushing 
when you're in that sympathetic division, it's only going to make the matters worse. It's only going to push your metabolism further away from where you want it to be. It's only going to affect your ability to detox through your bowels, right? Like all these things that you work hard to achieve, it's it's only going to do the exact opposite of your intention. So if you're in a, in a spaz situation and things are just down and out and totally crashed, probably not the best time to start lifting. But when you start to feel a little bit better and things start to regulate, it can be a great way to start to boost that even further. I think a big piece too, and I I chatted about this a little bit on Instagram a couple of weeks ago throughout all of this, which complicated things for me is I noticed that I was on too much thyroid medication. So always making sure that you are checking through your medications, making sure that you are on proper amounts that you are testing regularly for those to make sure that you need to continue on them. In my case, I've been actively working to determine what my body actually needs to support my thyroid. I went on desiccated thyroid in like 2012, I want to say. And it started off with 30 milligrams, then went to 60, then 90, then 120 for a bit, then back to 90. And my thyroid markers weren't great in my blood work. My TSH continued to decrease until it was like 0.003 or something ridiculous. So doctors will say that your TSH will lower when you're on thyroid medication. And yeah, that's a response, but it's not the right one. (laughs) Your TSH should just go back to normal, which is around 1.5 to 2. And so that can be a really good sign that there are mineral imbalances. So I had been working on my mineral imbalances for quite some time leading up to this HRV spaz moment. And it just so happened that during that moment, I was also hyperthyroid, which did not help the situation at all because a lot of the hyperthyroid symptoms feel very similar in the body and kind of can exacerbate a nervous system issue. So hyperthyroid symptoms are going to include things like trembling, increased pulse, even at rest, insomnia, being nervous, emotional, what else? Night sweats, heart palpitations. Okay. So a lot of like the anxiety and things you would feel in the sympathetic overdrive in that fight or flight also made worse through taking too much thyroid medication. So I had been regulating my minerals for probably at least nine months. And I was just about like a couple weeks before that, I was just about to start reducing my thyroid medication and all those things. So when this nervous system spaz out situation happened and I just couldn't get a sense of like, what's going on? I ran my blood work and it's the best blood work I'd ever had. Like it is, I'm amazed. My blood work looks functionally amazing. Hormones are incredible. Like thyroid looks so good. So I knew it was time to start decreasing my thyroid medication and actually decreasing it has helped Definitely not the only thing I needed to do. Obviously, that's usually the case. It's never just one thing. Like it's never, ever just one thing. I'm always hopeful that it's just one thing I need to change in order to feel a different way or to have a different experience, but it's never one thing. You know that, I know that, but we always fool ourselves and think like, is it like, can it just be one thing this time? No, it can never be. And so I'm um, decreasing my thyroid medication and, and monitoring that over the next couple of months, I'm sure will bring more balance here. But that's just a good reminder of, you know, when these things happen and we start to feel like garbage, look at the things you were doing before, because perhaps your body has shifted and you require something a little bit different. And in my case, I've been working toward this. I even told Kevin a couple months before this whole situation happened, like, 
there's going to be a period of time where this is probably going to get pretty ugly because as you're, you know, supporting minerals and things and bringing in the proper nutrients that your body can use, I knew that I would be hyperthyroid at one point. And so it's unfortunate that it kind of all happened at the same time. Like, of course it would, but I found lowering that medication was definitely helpful to the process. So I hope that this episode has been enlightening for you. I hope that you've not had to experience anything like this, but probably you have because you are a woman in on planet earth. And if you are a man, same thing. I just find that not a lot of men listen to the show. So if you're a man and listening, hey, welcome. Welcome to the community. In any case, I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions, the best place to go is Instagram at Leanne Vogel. And you can ask me on there. And if you enjoy these episodes, definitely leave a review. That would be so helpful for the show and for me and for other people like you to find what we're doing here. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 